um, message, so to speak. It reminds me, this church is a church of the whosoever, and Brother Gerald, it reminds me of a little children's play one time. And the little boy, he had his little towel around his head. He had a robe on, and he had practiced his part so many times. No room in the end. Everyone say, no room. No room in the end. He'd practice it. His mom had tortured him. His dad had tortured him with that, you know, no room in the end. No room in the end. And when it came to that moment in the middle of the play, and he opened that little cardboard door, and he saw two of his best friends dressed with a little towel around their head because they didn't have a Susan Vernon, and a little robe on them, he looked at his little friends, and he looked at his director, and he said, I know what I'm supposed to say, but I just can't say it. Y'all just come on in. <laughs> And that is who we are, amen? And that is the gospel. Y'all just come on in. This morning, I'm going to speak. My thought is um, my thought is going to be developed in just a moment, but I'm speaking about the passionate commitment of the Lord. He is God with us and God for us. But I'm going to present the idea of what if Christ had not come? Hang with me just a moment, and we'll get there. I'm going to read from Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us, someone say us, a child is born. And unto us, us, a son is given. Not just to me, but to us. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall not be Bob. It shall not be John. It shall not be Bill. But this one is going to be so powerful, his very name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And the passionate commitment of the Lord will make this happen. Someone say amen. Father, bless this word according to your Holy Spirit. We welcome you, sir. Speak into the ears of my brothers and sisters, even what I do not say. Let us receive from you right now, Lord, in your way. Block hindrances and block things that would cause us not to hear your word, but let us receive it with joy in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen. This is the beginning that we celebrate the season of miracles, the season of hope that was renewed, the season of the passionate commitment of the Lord making happen Christ. Now, Last night, there was a scene going on at the Dixon Center, and there was five of us grandparents, Dean and Debbie, Pastor David and Connie, myself, a sister Bailey, and Aunt Christine, Mom and Dad, Michael and Courtney. We were there to watch Skylar. Did you hear that? But for two hours, we watched people we did not know do ballet. Our eyes glazed over. Our heads nodded over. I mean, we clap. We try to get excited. We were committed, but I don't know how passionate we were. She was in a little part called the Turkish Delight. And the buzz on where we were set is we're in heaven is the Turkish Delight coming on the stage. We have seen Jesus. That's right. We had seen everything come and go. We were being good. We were right there in the center, so we were just clapping. But we were like, bring out the Turkish Delight because she does hip-hop, right? And so when their group came, we finally realized they were the last group on at the end of two hours. So we watched every presentation of twirls. And, I mean, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. But we came for one reason, Skylar. So we're all sitting there. Dean and Debbie's eyes were glazing over. My eyes were glazing over. Pastor David and Connie are getting out to go get refreshments. I mean, we're just making it work. Seriously, I'm embellishing, but we were hanging in there. 
But then we realized she had to be in the very next to last thing. They put the best group on last. Yes, they did. And when the Turkish delight started, you could just make the music started going. The hip hoppers came out. But when she came out, the passionate commitment of all these people on this row, we went wild. Whoa! Whoa! I mean, we were screaming. We were yelling because we're like, my God, we have survived two hours and we are ready to see her. <laughs> it was fantastic in the end. <laughs> We were all glad to go home at about 9.30. But the passionate commitment of the Lord is different than that. Passionate means that he is um, full of ardor emotion. Commitment means bound by a oath. He was passionately committed to sending his son into the earth. And Malachi closes, and there's a course you can take at Lee. I don't encourage you to take it, but I took it one summer in seminary, and it's called Intertestamental Times. It's the time of the 400-year period with the closing of Malachi and the beginning of the, the Gospels. Nothing really happened, so it's a really dull course. But I was like, by God's grace, I shall get a B and say hello and goodbye to this course. You know what I mean? But for 400 years after the closing of Malachi, nothing really happened. And there was promises dangling out there. But then with the New Testament, when the door was opened, an old man and a woman are having a baby, even though they've been barren for so many years, Zacharias and Elizabeth. And when God tells Zacharias, you're going to have a baby, your prayer has been answered. He doesn't even remember the prayer he prayed. How many would love for God to answer a prayer that you prayed so long ago you don't even remember that you prayed it? Come on. And God broke through after the silence and he showed that he could cause another old man and woman like Abraham and Isaac to give birth. It's a long time of sorrow, a long time of things not happening. God appears on the scene and that prepares the way for the miracle of the coming of Jesus Christ. I love what the message Bible says in John 1 and 4. God clothed himself in flesh. He became flesh and blood, and he moved into the hood. Come on, somebody. He moved into the neighborhood is what it actually says. It means that you ever thought, well, our neighborhood needs something. Well, God knew our neighborhood of planet Earth needed one called Jesus. We needed to see the invisible God visible in the form of Jesus Christ. It goes on to say in the message, we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory. Someone say, one-of-a-kind glory. Like father, like son, generous inside and out. I love it that I serve a Savior that is generous inside and out. Can I get an amen? And after a long time of nothing, that baby was put in a manger. Actually, it was a pig trough, but that's another discussion. In a cave, but that's another discussion. But that baby came, and it was a series of miracles. Glory to God in the highest was shouted out by the angels, and the shepherds went to find him. It's like things in our life. God can wait a long time to do us suddenly. Can I get an amen? You can wait a long time for God to do something this like he goes into overdrive and said I'm gonna take this miracle overnight we've been waiting 40 years for you God he said that's okay I'm in fifth gear of this stick shift Volkswagen come on somebody and I'm gonna get a miracle I love that I serve a God that can come on the scene suddenly after a long time and he brought Jesus into the earth past Herod's attack past everyone that came against him he got him to the moment in the place he needed to be 
while the hordes of hell fought Jesus from coming to the earth. But when God is determined, no man can change his mind. Somebody give him a shout of praise. It's a wonder that God could turn a messy manger into a miraculous place to show the glory on display. You know, mangers weren't popular. They weren't like a trendy coffee shop that gets five stars, you know. It was not a place that people wanted to be. You would think that God would have wanted to put the Messiah at a Ritz-Carlton. Come on, someone. Never stayed in one, but someone, well, I have stayed in one. I won't say who put us there, but some friends of the Stones put us at Ritz-Carlton for a home going. We were at in Dallas. It's beautiful. I mean, I called my family, and I said, watch this. I'm just looking at the blinds, and they're going down. And then I have to do another video tutorial. Look at this window. Look at this hallway. And the cutest thing was about it, at one point, there was a knock on the door, and I looked through the peephole, and it was Brother Perry, and I said, yeah. He goes, would you call Pam? She's turned off her hearing aid and she can't hear me. And tell her I'm at the door. Don't you love it? It was so much fun. Pam and Perry and I have laughed about that. But it was beautiful. If I was going to put the Messiah somewhere, I'd put him at the Ritz-Carlton. Can I get an amen? But God did that to show you and I that this cradle became the place for the creator because I can't help but relate to the messy manger. Can I get an amen? I can't help but question how God could turn the mess of my life into something miraculous. I can't help but wonder how he can turn the mess of your life into something miraculous. But manger is proof that God doesn't need perfection. All he needs is availability. Can I get an amen? Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah eleven ten, he said, the place where he lives will be a glorious place, meaning he can turn a manger into a cathedral. He can turn our messes into miracle. He can turn our story into glory. Can I get an amen? And every difficult place he will show that he is with us. Your mess, your kids' mess, your grandkids' mess is not too messy for the Messiah. He can use the story for his glory. Someone give him a shout of praise in this house this morning. If you were perfect, you wouldn't need him. If you could fix yourself, you wouldn't seek him. His name is wonderful, which that word in the Hebrew is distinguished. It means he solves difficult things. One of my favorite Hebrew root words of that is he can untangle problems that no one can untangle. Anybody but me ever had the wonderful one to untangle a problem you could not untangle? He is a wonder of a counselor, which means he has no prejudice. Sometimes you seek someone's opinion and you wonder, will they be prejudiced against me? Will their, will their judgment be clouded? But he's the wonderful counselor and his counsel is never prejudiced. It is perfect and pure. Can I get an amen? He is the mighty God, which means he's strong enough to overcome any opposition. I said any. You see, opinions do not deter him. Politics do not deter him. Who sits at Pennsylvania Avenue does not deter him. He is not deterred by the economy. His name is mighty God and he's superior to all other gods. Someone give him a shout of praise. He is the everlasting father. A little clip I did of my sweet daddy. I cut off the first part. He was singing so good went on the internet. People love my daddy, and I don't blame him. I love my daddy. But should the Lord tarry, my daddy will have a dash, a number at the other end of his dash. But my everlasting father, he has no beginning, and he has no end. He is a father to the fatherless. 
He is one who cares, who is tender, who is faithful. My daddy always told me when I was little, someday you'll walk this earth without me. But by God's grace, you will never walk this earth without the presence of your heavenly Father. When I am put into a casket and rolled away from you, his grace will just keep on rolling over you. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Oh, I didn't mean to preach this morning. I came to be calm, but come on, somebody. He is the Prince of Peace, Prince of Egypt, Prince of Africa means sovereign rule. He is the Prince, the sovereign ruler of peace, which means he removes and he conquers everything that seeks to take away your peace. Is anybody glad his name is wonderful? Counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, everlasting Father, give him a shout of praise in this house. Hallelujah. So this mess, whatever it is, is just a miracle in the making. Listen to me by the Spirit before I get where I really want to go. People without hope and despondent and lost faith will come to the manger of your story to see how God turned a messy manger into a work of his glory. Just like the shepherds came, the wise men came later to see the display of God, so will others come to see. And the Bible says that the passionate commitment of the Lord will accomplish this. God is passionately committed to you, your children, your job, your ministry, your future. You are not alone. You are not at the fate of some odd, some rolling ball, what do you call those, lottos. You're not to the fate of any of those. The passionate commitment of the Lord is for you. It is for your marriage. It is for your children. It is for your children's children. It is for your ministry. It is for your job. And it is for this church. The Lord will accomplish his good work. Someone give him a praise in this house. And not maybe, but absolutely people will come to see how God turned the rawness of the manger in which you came to this earth. The unfiltered in your life, the real and how you saw, they saw you going through things, but in the midst of those things, you kept holding on to God and not giving up. They want to see how you overcame what you should not have overcame, how you are overcoming what you should not be overcoming. So they're going to come to the messy manger of your story. When the shepherds came, they did not know Christ who would turn the water into wine. When the shepherds came, they did not know Christ who would raise the dead. They did not know Christ who would open blind eyes. All they saw was the origin of the beginning of the glory. But you and I know what glory he has. Let me tell you this morning, all you can see is the origin of the beginning of what God is doing in you. But in time, trust his process and you will see the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah to his name. Hallelujah to his name. Trust his process that there's glory on the other side. 1943, Philip Stern wrote a, a book. Uh, he wrote a short story. He couldn't get it published, so he published it himself. He called it The Greatest Gift. The first publication it really had was in Good Housekeeping Magazine, and it was entitled The Man That Was Never Born. It was about this man named George Bailey who lived in Bedford Falls, who an angel began to show him in his moment of discouragement. We've all been there. 
in the moment of feeling like I've had no impact. I've done nothing successful. I've done nothing of any work. I've not made a difference. The angel showed him Bedford Falls and what it would have been if he had not ever lived. It is a powerful movie. I watched it the other night for the hundredth time and cried like a baby at the end because it's eye-opening, because you matter. I can't imagine Chick-fil-A if Tina had not been born. I can't imagine Kentucky Fried Chicken if Michael Cook had not been born. I can't imagine OCI if Joshua Jackson had not been born and was working there. I can't imagine counseling services if Misty had not been born and put there. And you do not realize the impact of your life. If I could write a script this morning and develop a movie, Steve Witt, about your life, then I could take the heavenly resources and I could show you all of your life and how your life has mattered. Your kindness, your picking up the phone to call someone. Your encouragement has saved lives. Your life matters and I am glad you were born. And if you are to give God a hand clap of praise. Give his process time. Give the story of his glory. He's writing time just as the origins of the manger about a hundred years ago. And hey, sometime you need to look up. I'm going to give Susan and Chris a book because they're interested in, in weird facts like I am. All the things this wonderful life went through to even get out there. Now it's one of the most biggest movies of all time. But it was sold from company to company. Then it lost its copyright. Then it went into public domain. But when it went into public domain, they thought it's over. But it hit the internet and it went to number one. I'm going to tell you, God uses divine interruptions in our life to get us to the place we never thought we would be. Can I get an amen? So about 100 years ago, someone published a remarkable Christmas card entitled, If Christ Had Not Come. The card pictured a minister falling asleep in his study on Christmas morning, dreaming of a world in which Jesus had never come. He saw him walking through his, himself walking through the house. Christmas tree was gone. The lights were gone. The holly jolly, the wreaths were gone. Every decoration gone. And the most important thing, the nativity had disappeared and it was no longer and all of a sudden, he listened for the church bells. At that time period, they would ring out joy to the world on Christmas morning, and no church bells rang. A door, a knock came at his door, and it was a messenger. And he said, please help me, reverend. Please help me. I've lost all hope. Please read me one of the verses. And the minister picked up in his dream the Bible to read the comforting words of John, the gospel of John. And when he went to there, he found that the whole New Testament had just disappeared, and all that was there was the book of Malachi. I want to present to you this morning the horror, if I can, track with me because I will reverse it, to think if Christ had not come, how different our world would be. First of all, if Christ had not come, you could not trust God because from Genesis to Revelation, he prophesied the coming of the Messiah. One of his first prophecies was Genesis 3, and one will come from the seed of woman that will crush the head of the serpent. If Christ had not come, you would not have the New Testament and all you would have was it ending in the book of Malachi and the New Testament just disappears into thin air and we are left with a dark gloomy picture and no hope. We would not have if Christ had not come the New Testament to see Jesus Christ as the son of man, the son of God, a servant and a king, all four gospels. If Christ had not come, we would have never heard the angels say to Mary, with God, nothing is impossible. 
all. If Christ had not come, we would have never heard the angels sing to the shepherd. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and good will toward men. If Christ had not come, there would be no star to guide the wise men because there wasn't a man to be born as a baby. If Christ had not come, Mary and Joseph would have never heard the angels say, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins because if Jesus had not come there would be no salvation there would be no reconciliation to God there would be nothing to redeem us from Satan's power to steal kill and destroy and no authority if Christ had not come we would not have the image of him as a 12 year old going into the temple and astounding the religious lawyers and religious Pharisees and Sadducees and the teachers with everything he knew. If Christ had not come, we would not have the image of John the Baptist because there would be no John the Baptist. He was the forerunner of Jesus, baptizing Jesus in the waters of the Jordan. And when he came up, a dove ascended to his head and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. If he had not come, we wouldn't have that image and we wouldn't know that God spoke this over Jesus don't miss this he spoke this over Jesus before he ever did a miracle you see we give to the poor we feed we take care of the homeless we minister to people out of grace not to win salvation and what God showed us at the baptism was I'm gonna say I approve of my son before he ever does a miracle so all my children to come will know I approve of them because of the grace and the servanthood of Jesus Christ our Savior someone give him a praise if he had not come we wouldn't have the powerful image of Jesus in the wilderness with Satan we wouldn't have known that when you're weak and you're hungry and you're overwhelmed and the enemy is bombarding you with thoughts that the simple remedy is it is written Satan it is written we would not have seen the one friend that sticks closer than a brother we would not have seen God in flesh the Israelites said God you speak to Moses and let Moses speak to us we can't stand the sound of your glory we can't look at you you're too powerful and God said I've got to remedy this so I'm going to clothe myself in flesh and I'm going to send my son to the earth and you'll be able to look at one who walks like you walk who talks like you talk who has compassion we would have never seen the compassion of Jesus the mercy of Jesus the healing of Jesus the words of Jesus we would have never known that if Christ had not come can I get an amen we would have never seen the image of the parable of the prodigal we'd have never known that while the prodigal was making his way home to your grace to your grace that the father was already running across the field we wouldn't know that when you and I are rehearsing you ever rehearsed your forgiveness speech to Jesus oh I have you know, you're getting it ready I'm so sorry I said that Jesus I'm so sorry I did that Jesus and while he was rehearsing his speech to say to his father his father could care less about the speech 
His father was running across the field to grab the prodigal and pull him in. And we would not have known that God's reckless love will chase us down when we can't stand on our own. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. We'd have never known that he will leave the 99 to find the one. That his overwhelming, reckless love will chase us down. We could have never said to the world the clarion scripture that we love at this church. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son. That scripture just disappeared. It is no longer. That scripture that's been held up at sports events, amphitheaters, stadiums. Just John 3, 16. Tim Tebow has written it on his eyes before. Sports newscasters have gotten out there. John 3, 16. It just disappeared. We can never quote the words of Jesus. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. We would never have the teaching of Jesus that freed and let through the history of time, mankind in all different countries have referred back to Jesus Christ's teaching on slavery and realized no race and no gender is ever to be a slave to another man. No child, no woman, no teenager, no elderly person. We are not slaves, but we are children of the Most High God. He said in his word, in Christ Jesus, there is neither male nor female. There is neither slave nor saint. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. In Christ, we are one. One blood, no race, one blood. Give him a praise in this house. If Christ had not come, the paralytic would have never seen the look of Jesus toward the roof when his friends lowered him. That look of, I got you. That look that said, I know you've carried that mat your whole life, but here I am. And that paralytic would have died in old age, never walking again. The leper would have stayed at a leper colony yelling unclean till his dying moment if Christ had not come. Bartimaeus would have never seen the beauty of a rainbow after the storm. He would have never seen the glory of the rain as it comes down upon the ground. He would have never seen children laughing and playing if Christ had not come. Mary Magdalene would have maintained and kept her demons that possessed her so horrifically and she would have died demon possessed as a prostitute if Christ had not come the woman caught in adultery no one would have drawn their hand or taken their hand and drawn in the sand and looked at the religious and say you without sin cast the first stone and the woman caught in adultery would have been stoned to death if Christ had not come somebody give him a praise in this house I'm going to keep on but give him a praise as faith builds Saul would have maintained being Saul and died a religious, horrible Pharisee. The demoniac Agadera, he would have stayed wandering in tombs while his wife and his children prayed, God have mercy. Please have mercy on daddy. Please have mercy on my husband. God, he's wandering the tombs. He's cutting himself. He breaks every chain. He's howling in the night. If Christ had not come, if Christ had not come we would not understand Isaiah 53 he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquity the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed hallelujah 
If Christ had not come, we would not know the fullness of God's love. That greater love hath no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friend. John 15, 19 just disappeared. We would never know Romans 5 and 8 and what it means when it says, while we were still sinners, he died for us. And every scripture proclaiming the name of Jesus just disappeared. Philippians 2 and 9, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above other, all other names. No name in heaven or earth, the Bible says, which there can be salvation. And Jesus in the Greek means Savior, salvation. It is absolutely the name that opens heaven's gate but it just disappeared off the face of the earth no longer we can say to others Jesus is the answer no longer we can say to others there's salvation in the name of Jesus no longer can we say to others there's deliverance in the name of Jesus no longer can we say demons flee at the name of Jesus no longer can we say silver and gold have I none but such that I have I give to you in the name of Jesus stand up and walk no longer can we say there's peace in the name of Jesus there's joy in the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus has just disappeared off the planet everyone breathe no little child would be taught by a parent Matt would be taught by a parent would be taught by a school teacher the beautiful simple song of Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong they are weak but he is strong yes Jesus loves me would disappear off the earth we can no longer sing chains fall fear bows Jesus changes everything because there's a blank nothing changes everything who's going to make the chains fall Who's going to make the fear bow if Christ did not come? We can no longer, Matt, scream out, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. I just want to shout the name of Jesus that we sang. We can no longer, this morning, we can no longer say, I speak the name of Jesus over my family. It's I speak the name of nothing over my family. I speak the name of nothing over the streets. I speak the name of nothing over myself. If Christ had not come, we could no longer say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you because there is no blood of Jesus. We no longer could sing what William Cowper wrote. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains because there is no Emmanuel's veins. There is no blood that flows from Calvary. There is no place to get our sins washed away because the name of Jesus has disappeared. Everybody breathe, breathe, breathe. Let me take it a step further if you hadn't had enough. There's no Christian books anymore. They've just been wiped off the earth. No Christian TV stations, radio stations. No worship playlists because worship doesn't exist. Not the ones that came from Christ on. There's no charities anymore. There's no ministry to the age, to the orphan. 
You see, we do what we do here because of Christ. For Queen for a Day and Esther Project, the, the food that we give and the do, things we do to help people and restore people, that came from Jesus. Jesus is the one that started the mission all over the earth. He said, when you see them hungry, when they're in prison, when they are naked, he said, giving a drink of water in my name. You do it, at least that just disappeared. We have no reason to help anyone anymore. The verse would no longer exist of the minister, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the uttermost parts of the earth because there is no Christ. So New Zealand doesn't have Jesus anymore. Europe doesn't have Jesus. Argentina doesn't have Jesus or believers. The Philippines, Australia, Africa, Russia, Ukraine, Bulgaria, and on and on and on to South America, to Korea, to Japan, to the Isles and the Pacific and the Atlantic none of that exists anymore because Jesus doesn't and one of the biggest things we don't have the spirit of God living in us anymore because the Bible says when we confess with Jesus we receive the Holy Spirit inside you just lost your greatest ally I don't ever want to live without him you just lost your greatest counselor you just lost your greatest guide you just lost the teacher of all teachers he is the third person of the Trinity and because Jesus did not come you don't live with the Holy Spirit someone give the Spirit of God praise uh, come on someone give the Spirit of God praise in this room hallelujah hallelujah I really thought I'd be calm Chris come and start helping me I painted an ugly picture but let me take it a little farther where it hits you if that all, all before did not hit you you look on Facebook, you look on Instagram, and uh, your friends don't look the same. Oh, there's decent people. Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, I know some heathens, and they're decent. <laughs> but there's a transformation that comes from knowing Christ. I don't want to know me outside of Christ. I do not want to know me. I have experienced me outside of him, and I don't want to experience that ever. You're again, amen, brother. Your friends don't look the same. People in this house, without Christ, Courtney could not have buried her husband, Angel, and found a way to go on. Without Christ, Donnie, you could not have made it through those accents and all the things that have tried to take you out and you just keep coming back stronger without Christ Wendy where are you Wendy wave at me without Christ Wendy you'd be lost in addiction forever and the Wendy that we know would not exist the Wendy that we worship with would not exist without Christ Cheryl you couldn't have said goodbye to your very best friend your mom and found a reason to keep on living without Christ Susan could not have faced physical sickness and kept going without Christ Linda Chapman couldn't have buried her mother and found the will to keep on going without Christ Linda Jarvis couldn't have gone through a terrible physical injury and months of rehabilitation to only come back stronger and full of his glory somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise and without Christ there would be no resurrection so Chuck would have no hope for his future
He would have no hope of seeing his wife in his future without Christ. I would have no hope of seeing my mom, my grandmother, my grandfather, all of my aunts, all of my godly uncles, all of them that preached the gospel. They would just be ashes to ashes and dust to dust. And I think one of the most revolting things, and I've painted a dark picture so you will appreciate him coming, is there would be no church. Google churchoftheharvest.com and church doesn't exist on the internet because the church came birth after Christ. That's when the church came. Only people would be worshiping in synagogues, Jewish people. But there would be no church. There would be no place to worship, no place to have community. There would be no hope. And we could not gather together. The church wouldn't exist in the Isles of the Pacific. The church wouldn't exist in all the countries around the world. And this wouldn't, this building just dissolved. This property just became farmland again if Christ had not come. But I have good news for you this morning. Are you ready to reverse this? <laughs> but he did come. He did come. Jesus Christ did come. The Son of the Almighty did come. Go ahead on faith and give him the best praise you've given him to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Let him hear it in this room because he did come. 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 Go ahead and stand and give him praise he did come hallelujah to his name come on give him a shout of praise and hang with me while I quickly it's very quick how I reverse this Genesis 3 he said the seed would crush the head. And in Galatians 4, it says, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. Isaiah 9 says, The Son of God will sit on the throne of David. Matthew 1 says, This is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Abraham and the Son of David. Matthew 5 and 2 said, Oh, you Bethlehem, though you are the smallest of the tribe, out from inside of you, I'm sorry, Malachi 2 and 1, outside of you, come from the inside of you, will be one that will rule as the mighty king of Israel. Matthew 2 and 1 says, And after this, Jesus, the son of the almighty God, was born in Bethlehem. Isaiah 53 and 12 said, He will be numbered with the transgressors and bear the sins of all. Matthew 27, 38 says, He was hung on a criminal cross between two criminals. He gave his life for all mankind. Hallelujah to his name. Psalm Psalm 16 and 10 said, you will not leave my soul in hell. You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. And then Matthew 29, but the angel said, do not be afraid for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Do you appreciate him yet? How are we passionately committed to him? That's where I'm landing in just a minute. The New Testament has just come back together. 
the name of Jesus exists back upon the planet of the earth. We can sing it. We can shout it. We can declare it. That name above all other names. The blood of Jesus has again, again become a tool in our hands against the very powers of darkness. Salvation has appeared. That friend that sticketh closer than the brother. He's walking and talking again. That one who seeks out the one and leaves the 99. He's living again. Mary Magdalene did get delivered of demons and she went all the way to the cross with her Savior. The leper did become whole and glorified God. Bartimaeus did get his sight back. The lame man did leap from his bed. And I want to tell you today, the woman caught in adultery was forgiven and I believe became an evangelist. Someone give Jesus a praise. And the prodigal did come home. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. I'm going to say it again because I feel his strength in this room. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Give him a praise in this house. His name is here. His teachings are here now. His life, the church. Thank you, Jesus, for the church. The church is now here. And he said, the church, the church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. The lion of Judah, I'm almost done, who conquered the grave. He was David's root and the lamb who died to ransom the slave. From every people and tribe, every nation and tongue, he has made us a kingdom and priest to God to reign with the Son. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessings? and glory and honor is he worthy yes he is one more praise before I pray over you give him one more praise let him know how thankful you are that he came let him know somebody in this room let him know with a shout of hallelujah with a shout of Jesus 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 so before I pray over you in this sermon, I want to tell you, because he lived, we lived. His mantra was to reach the helpless, the hopeless, the have-nots, and the whosoever. He went all the way with his passionate commitment. What is our commitment to him today? That's my question to you. What gift I think he would love to receive from you is just a passionate commitment to who he is and you sharing your story from your own manger. What does that mean? all the way forgiving. He went all the way. His, he chose God's ways above his own. All the way forgiving. That's you and I. All the way serving. Yes, Lord. All the way worshiping. All the way giving. And all the way living for the cause of Christ. So that everyone that calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. I want you just to reach over and grab someone's hand near you. And just that you can pray with. We're going to just pray for each other if you feel comfortable. Right where you are. Right where you are. In this terrible sermon that has painted a world without Christ, it's helped me to be so much more thankful. I pray it has for you. And I pray now that you would give your life passionately committed to his cause. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up every man and woman in this room, every young person. Lord, this morning we thank you that you did come. What this earth would look like without you if you had never been born would have been more than anything we've ever seen in a movie. So this morning, Lord Jesus, we want to renew our commitment to you. I, Rhonda Davis, want to renew my commitment to you, Jesus, to give as you gave, to live as you lived. I can't be you, Lord, but I can be your hands extended. So for the hand that I'm holding this morning, Lord, I pray their commitment will be passionately re renewed this morning, Lord, that in this moment, as they've envisioned a picture of what it would be like if you had not been born, I pray they also realize what it had been like if they had not been born, Lord. There's some people in this room, Father, that are just wondering that their life has had any impact. It's made no difference. They're questioning if they've done anything of significance. Lord, I pray this morning you would renew in their heart a vision that you are using them in ways they can't imagine. And if they were to be removed, there would be such a loss, Lord, of your hands and your feet in the earth. And Lord, may this church renew its passionate commitment to you. Thank you that you came. Thank you this season of miracles. We know that nothing, Lord, is too difficult for you. And we ask you to use us in our weakness, in our obstacles, in our indifferences, but you would continue to use us. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and amen. Will you give him one more praise this morning?